0: Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, we um, thank you for the unfolding of Mark's story. And today we come to a text that if we consider it um, and, and think upon it, it, it can be a difficult passage to, to sort of reconcile with the, the Jesus that we know. And so we, we pray, Lord, that you would help us as we look at this passage and Try to make sense of it we we ask that you'd help us to to remember the the context um, to, to see the bigger picture that Mark is unfolding before our eyes, and ultimately, Lord, we ask that you would help us to see the good news found within this passage. Uh, we thank you for the story, we thank you for the hope that is in Christ. we thank you uh, that he came for all peoples and all nations and and so lord we Um, We ask that you would help us to to understand the story, that we would see the applications, and that we uh, would expose areas in our life, um, maybe to where we have um, sort of closed out outsiders that we have been called to reach. Um, And so Lord, we ask that you would guide us, we ask that your spirit would lead us, and it's in Christ's good name we pray, amen. All right, Mark chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus got up and went away from there to the region of Tyre. And when he entered a house, he wanted no one to know of it, yet he could not escape notice. But after hearing of him, a woman, whose little daughter had an unclean spirit, immediately came and fell at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of the Serophoenician race, and she kept asking him to cast out Of her daughter, cast the demon out of her daughter. And he was saying to her, Let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. But she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. And he said to her, Because of this answer, go, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed, the demon having left. Again, he went out from the region of Tyre and came through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee within the region of the Decapolis. Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. We again ask you for help. We thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, help us as we consider this text. And it's in Christ's good name we pray. Amen. All right. So the the parallel account is found in Matthew chapter fifteen, verses twenty one through twenty eight. I'm going to reference that a number of times because there there's some amplification uh, to the story found over there that, that that sort of makes the story a little worse in some ways. It makes it harder to understand, um, but it's important for us to see see the whole of this picture. And so, um, in in looking at this picture which i hope to kind of remember to kind of bring out over and over again is is the context that we find the story so this the story is found within the context of chapter 7 we started chapter 7 with the scribes and the pharisees coming from jerusalem to the sea of galilee and they are on the attack they um, back in chapter 3, we, we know that they're already fed up with Jesus. They had, had partnered together with the Herodians, and their aim was to destroy Jesus. And so this is the first time we've seen them since they came back. And the first thing they latch onto is as they see the disciples, a portion of them, as they were eating, were not going through the religious ceremony of, of washing their hands. This, this had nothing to do with hygiene. It had everything to do with, ba- uh, not baptism. It was like a baptismal ceremony for the hands uh, before during and kind of th- throughout the whole of the meal. And they said, why, why are you guys neglecting what the elders of, of the land of Israel have have given us as tradition? And Jesus sort of confronts them and says, you've elevated what man has said uh, above that of scripture. And he gives a very, I mean, if you were a Pharisee or scribe, it would be the equivalent of getting a theological punch to your nose. Um, and, and Jesus Went directly at them. From that, he then calls the crowds that would have been on looking, and he basically tells them listen, a person isn't, isn't defiled from the outside in, a person is def- defiled at their core, in their, their innermost part, and basically he's saying you're sinful by nature. Outside doesn't contaminate you. You can go to the most remotest part of the world. You can isolate yourself from all people, but the problem is you, and you're still there. And unless an outside source cleanses you, you're going to be contaminated. And so then he moves from there, inside of the building, inside of the house, we're told. The disciples are like, I don't understand that, that, what you just said. And they, I just see Jesus kind of shaking his head at them and saying, okay, let me explain this to you. You put food into your mouth, it goes into the latrine, is what the text literally says. And he says it, it doesn't pass through your heart. It's, it goes in, it goes out. Your, your heart is where evil resides and he expands upon it. And, 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 and Mark gives this sort of, because this is, Mark is sort of penning the gospel of Mark on Peter's behalf. There's sort of that aha He was saying that all food is clean and and was moving in that direction. And so from that story, we're we're moving. um, I'm not sure if I'm getting ahead of myself, but my my desire right now is to show you on the map where where we're moving to. Um, So the the Sea of Galilee is where the arrow begins, and it's moving to the northwest at Tyre. Uh, Matthew's account says they went to Tyre and Sidon, and you go, oh, look, at there's, there's inconsistencies in the accounts. That's why I read the last verse that we read that's not in today's text, but it said that he went from there to Sidon and then back down to the Galilee. So he's up in this, this area of Phoenicia, um, Tyre and Sidon, is where the story moves to. This whole story is in Gentile territory. We haven't been to Gentile territory thus far in the, in the Gospel of Mark. We've had them come to Jesus for miracles and healing and that sort of thing, but Jesus hasn't gone out. Uh, specifically when he told the disciples to go out two by two to all the different areas, he told them, you stay within, within the, the nation of Israel, the, the God's children. Don't go out of that area. And so now he's taking his disciples out. Um, and, and these people are unclean. So we go from unclean hands to, to, to cleanliness. And so now he's going to what, what was understood as a contaminated people. Um, these are people that the Israelites would not have crossed paths with. They would have isolated themselves from them. If, if you look at the nation of, not so much the nation of Israel, if you look at religious Jews today, they're, they're very much isolated. There's not a sort of, they're not out evangelizing the world. Um, and, and Jesus is trying to show them. Listen, the message has always been for all peoples. I've chosen you as a nation to be a, a light unto the gospel. It's always been about the peoples. It's always been about going out. And so Jesus, as rough as the story gets, and you're like, well, it doesn't seem that rough. It's like everything goes well, but it is kind of disturbing. Um, and we'll get there. But Jesus is making a radical move, showing them that these people aren't going to make them unclean. And so we begin in verse 24. So Jesus got up and went away from there. That's the beginning of the arrow. If, my, if I aimed it at the right spot, basically it's Capernaum right there. Um, and it, there he went to the region of Tyre. And when he had entered a house, he wanted no one to know of it, yet he could not escape Notice. So Tyre's about 35 miles from Capernaum. It's not that far. It's basically, I would say it's like from us to Oceanside or maybe to Orange County is more of the direction. Oceanside's more of a straight across. But it's it's close. And so they're going to the coast. We see that he went there. He didn't want anybody to know that he was there. It's almost like he's trying to get a little weekend away um, with his guys to, to teach him. Um, this is, and really... Uh, this is an area of tension. So not only is there sort of, these are, these are unclean people, th- this is a people group that Israel had some really bad uh, historical relationships with. Um, I, I've been trying to think of, of a way of putting it into context for us. Um, like, these are the Canaanite people. These are the people that God said, hey, wipe out when you move into the land. Um, their relationship with one another had sort of ebbed and flowed. At this point, it was it was really bad. That um, they had sort of deteriorated to Baal and Asherah worship. They were there was there was no relationship with the Jewish God, and and th- this was re- like this is the worst on the spectrum that you could go. I'm the closest I can think and. Um, you know, I'm a guy who tends to be transparent with, with things that I struggle with. Um, the closest I could think of for me was like, okay, to get on an aircraft and then you see a, a Muslim group of men walk onto the aircraft. That that would be an area where I would go, okay, I'm going high alert here. Like, I, I, God's done a lot of work in gunner, but gunner still at his, at his core is a young Navy SEAL, even though my body doesn't realize I'm not a young Navy SEAL anymore like I go into like okay if anything happens how am I going to protect this plane from these people like that's kind of how my mind is wired and it would be like Jesus like hey we're going to go sit down with these guys and we're going to go enjoy ourselves with them and I love uh, the arabic world don't like I I go to the, I still go to you know Israel and uh, like the food I prefer their food like there's a bunch of disclaimers here like I'm not I'm just trying to say like this this would be the like I think the equivalent for us Um, If Jesus said, hey guys, we're going to go do a a weekend away in Syria this weekend, like how would you guys, like not not many of us would be like, oh, huh? awesome, let's go. Can I bring my wife and kids? Because like this this is, it's Club Med, you know, like this is, I mean, it was Club Med. It's it's a beautiful spot. And so, um, but we're told yet he could not escape notice. Um, Verse 25, but after hearing of him, that's Jesus, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit, immediately came and fell at his feet. And so they took notice of him. And so now not only are we in a a region that's not liked, we're presented with, of the people that you could, could be interacting with, you're going to, of the lowest category, you're going to the lowest possible option. You're going to a woman and a daughter. Now I'm not speaking present tense. I'm speaking of the time before anybody gets mad at me. Like this, this is. But however, comma, uh, Jesus did more for women than they, like any. Like he he breached some major barriers. Um, and, and so this, we're we're introduced to this this woman with a, with a horrible situation. We don't. We're told an unclean spirit. Who knows what this this actually means? Um, but she has a little daughter and and, and so we 're presented with like the absolute like worst case scenario for any mom like or any parent i mean any parent uh, to, to have to have a child that 's being ravaged by anything it, it's like it's 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 more than I can handle. Like, like me and probably us. Like, if you're if you're honest with yourself and you allow your mind to like imagine, like, there's no worse situation. I've I've had a last year a SEAL buddy of mine who has a boy that's about Gideon's age and is wired like Gideon. Basically, had a like a catastrophic fall and and so just even like last year when he was reaching out to the the SEAL community kinda asking for prayers for his boy while he was fighting for his life. It was like I like I almost don't even want to like at the time didn't even want to read his post about how his boy's fighting for his life and then like ultimately succumbed to his injuries. And now we're at the year anniversary and seeing that he's doing stuff to remember his son's life. It's like I almost don't even want to like within me it's like I don't even want to look at those pictures because the thought of losing a child is horrific. And this is where this woman is. Um, it, it, this is horrible. And so now Jesus is trying, he's he's away with the guys in territory that's not friendly, or, or the Jews are not friendly towards. They're unliked, they're, I'm putting it mildly, These people are hated. I mean, these people are viewed as evil. uh, To to touch them, to look at them would be viewed as unclean. Um, But here is this woman who, look how she approaches Jesus. She immediately came in and fell at his feet. Uh, Desperate is the word that comes to my mind. She's she's at his feet. I imagine tearing, just begging, pleading, pleading. We're gonna see. This woman is smart. Like this, this woman really is clever. Um, but but she like her. She's she has no other option. Like Jesus is her only option at this point, point. and so she's not gonna go away easy. She's she's a hard uh, salesperson, and so she's at his feet pleading. The story's gonna get worse which I've kind, of, I've kind of spilled the beans a little bit. Now, now, verse 26, Now the woman was a Gentile of the Seraphonician race, and Matthew describes, he opens it up. I'm going to read from one commentary sort of describing the situation. Matthew called her a Canaanite. Mark described her as a Gentile, a Seraphonician. Both descriptions are correct. Mark's designation refers to her political background. His Roman audience would easily identify her by the part of the empire that was her home. Matthew's description was designed for his Jewish audience. They remembered the Canaanites as bitter enemies when Israel was settling in the Promised Land. Matthew's Jewish audience would have immediately understood the significance of Jesus helping the woman. Some Bible translations identify her as Greek. This is also correct because she was a Greek-speaking native of the Phoenician area, which had been converted to the Greek language and culture after the conquest by Alexander the Great in the 4th century BC. And so this woman was despised. Um, um, I think I want to share what Barclay is. So Barclay is is a theologian. And he describes a sect of Pharisees and scribes that were known as the bruised and bleeding Pharisees. And the reason they got this, this, uh, this, um, this, this name is because if they saw a woman uh, outside of the Jewish body of women, they would go around like this, <laughs> like, like literally. And they would just try to navigate because they, to look at her would, be, would defile him. And, and so they'd stumble into stuff, and then their, their bumps and bruises and wounds that they accumulated, accumulated were actually a, a, a picture of piety, that they were so holy that they were willing to thrash their bodies rather than look at one of these dogs, okay? So, where are we at here? Uh, And she kept asking him to cast out the demon of her daughter. So she's at his feet. She's despised. She's not liked. She's pleading. The tense is, I mean, this is desperation of of do something, anything. Please get this thing out of my daughter. Um, It doesn't get any worse for a mom. In Matthew 15, 22, she continues and says, have mercy on me which is interesting. Like, not only is she pleading for her daughter, but it's a parent saying, be merciful to me. Like, um, I've been there when a parent has lost a child, and it doesn't matter the age. The parent can be 90 years old, and their 70-year-old child has passed. And, and in my experience, that 90-year-old mom with... The seventy like we think I, you know, in my old days, I thought forty was old it 's like, hey, make it to, like I thought if I made it to forty i 'd be good to go like i'd be satisfied, like I made it to old age, N- now my you know, maybe it's 70 now. Like, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's, uh, you know, the Roger Redding has all of these great things. And he says life is like a roll of toilet paper, you know, like the closer you get to the end, the faster it unrolls. <laughs> and I, I tell him he needs to get a coffee book with all of his sayings, you know, and, and, uh, and where was I? Like, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's a mom who's like the, the thought of a, of a parent losing a child. There's no, there's nothing worse. Like I don't know of any parent that wouldn't flip sides, take my life before my kids. It's not right for a parent to die before their children. And, and she's saying, Lord, have mercy on me. And I, and I think that there's, to the children who are here, like especially that you're still under the uh, tutelage of your parents' control, like to recognize, like you have no idea how much your parents care for you and love you and want the best for you. In an ideal situation, obviously there's, obviously there's exceptions to the rule. But it gets worse. Like Matthew five twenty three, Mark doesn't tell us how Jesus responded. He kind of he kind of skips through. But Matthew records this, but he didn't answer her a word. She's pleading at his feet, and he continues to go about his business. It's, it's like me walking into Costco with the DirecTV guy. You got Costco people here? You guys know the DirecTV crew that's right there? That like you, Like, they can be saying whatever to me, and it's like they don't exist. There's them. They don't exist to me. There's the solar guy, doesn't exist to me. And then there's the final shot out, the heat your home people. They don't exist to me. Like they, Those are three areas in Costco. They could be doing cartwheels in front of me. And I'd be like, check in my list. Don't see you, don't like. Uh, this is what Jesus is doing to this lady. Like it's uncomfortable. And she's not quitting and he... Seems to be like one of the guys, like his, like we look at it and it's, this doesn't compute with our image of Jesus. The the one who sees the people and is filled with compassion and, and is moved that he has to do something. This situation, this is not the picture we see of Jesus. And and if we slow and like this text becomes really difficult, really challenging. And this is where we need to keep the context in mind. This is not an accident that this story falls in chapter seven. We're moving from unclean hands and, and ceremonial things to, to the picture that you're dirty from the inside out, not the outside in. Now he's moving. To, worse than not cleaning your hands is to exposing yourself to the Gentile people. Not just the Gentile people, but the Canaanite people and a woman. And here she is touching as Jesus. He's at his feet. She's putting herself at great risk. But Jesus responds just as they would expected. it. I don't see this person. I'm not dealing with her. In Matthew, it continues. It goes on for so long that she's not making any headway with Jesus. So clearly she starts going after the disciples. And they go to Jesus in the second part of Matthew 15, verse 23. And, and we're told this. And his disciples came and implored him, saying send her away because she keeps shouting at us. So she's at Jesus' feet and she's like, come on, guys, do something for me. Help me do something. My daughter is dying. She's got a demon. Help me. Their response is not to deal with her. Like, Jesus, can we send her away? Can we get rid of this lady? She's crazy. She's unclean. We don't want anything to do with her. This is, this is, a, diff- like, this is a difficult picture. But we haven't reached the very bottom of the story of the difficult thing. Jesus' response isn't going to make it easier for us to understand initially. Verse 27. And he was saying to her, let the children be satisfied first. Now, just, as a, just, just to help you out, he's not talking about her child. Um, in Matthew 15, 34, he says that he was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So when he says, let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. If his silence of her was bad, his speaking is going to make it worse. Because what he's saying is, I came to the lost sheep of Israel. I've, I've, he's, he's playing into the understanding of the time, that this lady is a dog, that this lady is like, I don't have time for you. And, and we can say a bunch of stuff, like he had limited time as a human, he's, he had a mission, he came to Israel. Uh, but still it doesn't jibe with our, <laughs> like our understanding of Jesus. And and so, so here the children, that's it's Israel, just so we don't like miss things. Um, And it says it's not good to take the children's bread, Jesus, the bread of life, the mission that he was there for, and to throw it to the dogs, which is her and her people. Um, Trying to figure out all that I want to... like the first thing we say is like jesus, jesus' mission was not to go like he was not a faith healer like this is not a guy that was going around to the hospital his mission wasn't healing all of the healing stuff that we read about like in the new test Jesus' healing comes through death like that's ultimate healing like ultimate healing comes through death when we get new bodies and i'm okay with us praying for our cancer i'm okay with us praying for our colds I'm, like the Bible says to pray for everything and God moves in that but but ultimately our redemption from these bodies that are contaminated from the inside, like ultimately it's through death. And it's hard for us to understand because we weren't created for death. And, and so kind of, kind, of, you know, kind of easing out on the side, like, okay, he had a mission. He was doing something. And like this lady wasn't a part of the mission. He had these guys that were gonna take over the church. He's about a year out from his crucifixion. He needs to say, you know, no mission drift. We can kind of excuse it, but the, the core of it. it's like, Jesus, these are some like hard words. Like, how are you doing? Like, how, where's the compassionate Jesus that we know and love? I think of that song, Everyone Needs Compassion. Well, in this case, it, it doesn't seem like they're singing that song. And, and then some would say, oh, 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 the word for dogs here. It means puppy. It means little dog. So it's really not that bad. <laughs> Somebody calls you a dog? Like, you're still a dog. I don't care if you're a cute little pup. Like, it, he didn't say, oh, you're a little baby, a little, like, like this is this is every bit of, of, offensive and confusing as it seems to us it's supposed to be but she's she's not done with jesus and i can't help but to think that this story and this like it's this isn't accidental jesus is teaching these guys a huge lesson and it's been recorded for us to get this huge lesson and so here's this woman a, a um, a mother whose child is about to die, that doesn't give up easy. And this lady's brilliant. I mean, like, I appreciate witty people. And I would have been like, oh, I should have said, like, you know, three days later, oh, if I only said that. <laughs> but she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. Brilliant. Everybody have, anybody have, I don't I want to raise hands, but I, there's, those of you who have dogs know one of the beautiful benefits of a dog is they're like living Roombas, you know, <laughs> like after dinner time, like my, like my dogs are well trained and they'll stand at the front door like, can I go? Can I go? Is it time yet? It's time. Doesn't matter. Toddlers are no challenge for dogs, like smeared whatever on the floor. They'll sit there for hours until everything is up. And this lady's like, I got it. We're dogs. We're not a part of the chosen race. We're not Israel. We're we're not a part of this. like, but even a dog, when the children are eating the table, children make a mess and they get scraps. So she's persistent. Her theology, like is there but probably weak, you know, but I mean she's identifying him as, as Lord and Matthew, there's, she gives a, like a fuller account that he's kind of the Messiah, that she gets who he is and she has a wittiness that's like second to none in the Bible, like I'd love, like you got a point Lord, but but let's hear my side of the story, even little dogs get the kids scraps, so just throw me a crumb, I'm not asking for much and he said to her in verse 29, because you're because of this answer, go. Jesus, is like, that was good. <laughs> like, not go get out of here, but your daughter's fine. I took care of it. Like, when you said that, like, before I even answered, your daughter's healed, like, just go, you know? Like, beat it, kid. The demon has got out of your daughter, and going back to her home, she found the child lying in bed, and the demon left. It's, it's be- like, in Matthew's account, Matthew actually says that Jesus said, Oh, woman, your faith is great. Like, you have responded through this with great faith. And in, in light of your faith, there's, your daughter's been healed. Um, okay. I'm ahead of schedule, which I was hoping for I knew today would be a little bit longer. And so, sort of thoughts on this passage. It, it, it's, when we look at this, it's a difficult... I mean, to deny the difficulty of this story is... It means that you didn't really read the story or understand all that Jesus is, is saying. We have to remember the context. Um, we move from the washing of the hands to Jesus confronting them, calling the crowds to himself after that confrontation and saying, you, you, you people, you need to understand, it's not what goes from the outside in that contaminates you. You are bad by nature. You are, you are born separated from God. Your DNA is spoiled through Adam and Eve. And the only way to cleanse that is through a heart transplant that I'll provide to you through the work of the cross. Th- these men didn't understand. And then they say, Jesus, can you explain? Because the things that he was saying, it was so radical for the time. Like this was unheard of for the Jewish person. And so then Jesus then moves from there on a field trip, which we're not told why they went on a field trip. They went on a field trip, and I think that Jesus is trying to show them that he came for all peoples. And he, he strings the story along in a way that they would have, it would have been normal, and, and he had to have known the wit of this girl as she wasn't going to take no in, in an easy way. And so for these guys to see this girl healed and for, for these, this reaction, and I also think that something that we're missing in the text that, that you're not going to get from the text, we, what we can't see, we can't see the look in Jesus' eye. We can't see the tone of his voice. We, we can't see any of that. And, and so much of that is, is part of the story Um, and in this woman the, the beginning of this whole grafting in concept that Gentiles could be grafted in and that Israel's main point was to be this 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 catalyst this, this, uh, this, this cause for reaching out for the world on behalf of God because they were the least of all peoples um, so, so I, I think number one there's a There's a huge in this story, like a rejoicing for us, because as far as I know, there's no Jewish person in this room. Like if you are, it's like a small percentage. Um, For those of us that are Gentiles, like this is huge that we've been grafted into this Jewish story and that there's hope for us by what Jesus did. Um, Second, there's zero room for racism for those who follow Christ. For, for anyone, but, but for Christ followers, there's zero room for racism. There, there's not different uh, races. There's different shades of brown. I mean, that's all it is. Like, um, th- There's zero relationship. And in the United States, the Christian church has a huge history. And so I am thankful to be a part of a denomination that... Oh, I need to start the sentence over. The, I was going to say... The denomination that we're affiliated with, the Southern Baptist Convention, has a history of racism. There's no question about it. The part I'm thankful about is that we're one of the only denominations that when there's been sin in the history, the denomination has gone out of its way to repent and to restore um, part of their history. From from racism to abortion to to walking away from the scriptures, there's been this... this moving back to, like, no, we were wrong, that we're confessing our sin. And now the Southern Baptist Convention is, is I, I think it is the most racially diversified denomination worldwide. And so this story, there's no room for racism. Uh, we are all children of God and different shades of brown because God is beautiful in his design that we're all different. You know, you all, you know, you all can't be left-handed. Only a few of us are the selected few. Um, you know, like... Like, I wanted, like, brown curly hair. I don't know what I wanted, like, but I got this. And it's like, you were created because God created you that way. Um, I think there's a lesson from this woman and her, her, her persistence and her desperation that we all have had seasons and we think, God, do you even hear my voice? Uh, we're like Habakkuk who cries out, how long, God, will I cry out to you and you not respond? I think her persistence shows us that God hears your cries and he responds. And ultimately, the hero of the story is Jesus. And Jesus meets this woman's need. And, I, and Jesus will meet your need. It might, your need, might, like the response you get might not be what you think you need. It might be something over here, but he'll meet your need. Just, he doesn't say he'll meet your need as you want your need to be met. But he meets our need. And so we rejoice in that. That there's there's hope in him. That we have a a God. In the next passage, as he moves to the Decapolis, another Gentile area, going back to the other side. The do 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 We got to go back. So I got to do that again. That passage ends with he does all things well, and it's beautiful. And so with that, let's pray. Um, Father, we do thank you for the story. It's uh, I think the literary devices and the story that's told and the things that happened, it it, it it unfolds in a way that that I, I think it's supposed to trip up our view of Jesus. And in saying that, I recognize, Lord, that I think so often we come and we make Jesus be who we think he should be. And so we confess that to you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see Jesus as he's revealed Uh, In the scriptures, we pray that you would help us to guard ourselves from using Jesus to fit our agenda, whatever that is. Lord, help us to truly see him as he is Uh, in this story that initially just grabs us so difficult. Lord, we we thank you that this this woman was so persistent and so quick-witted and able to interact with Jesus in a way that ultimately he says your faith is great. And he healed her daughter, and made a huge point that this this woman of the Canaanite background, who was so despised by the nation of Israel, did not make him unclean, but that he came to to, to provide for her. And so, Father, we ask that you would help us to uh, to emulate this the faith of this woman that we would trust you, that we would seek you, that we would uh, like in another parable where Jesus talks about the. The neighbor just banging at the door, and the person finally saying, "Just whatever you want i'll just if it make you go away i'll give it to you that we're told to pray like this we're we're told to seek you with this sort of persistency and passion and so Lord, we pray that you would help us to truly uh, lay our burdens at your feet and and to be persistent in our request of them lord we're thankful that you're faithful to us we're we're grateful that you do all things well. We're grateful that you do meet our needs and provide for us. And we ask, God, that you would help us to truly yield our lives to you. We thank you that Jesus went to the cross on our behalf and that in him there's life. And it's about believing in him. It's not about our own righteousness, for our righteousness is but filthy rags, as Isaiah describes. And so, Lord, we look to you. We give you thanks. We thank you for the hope that's in Christ. We ask that you'd help us on our journey. And it's in Christ's good name that we pray. Amen.